Internet Diary. I think this is episode 7. The year is 2023. I ain't bloody spoken to you for a year, have I? I haven't bloody spoken to you for a year. Huh? Last time I bloody spoke to you was 2022. That's 2023. Can you believe it's been a bloody year? Well, it's actually been two weeks, technically. Because, well, no, it's been three weeks. No, it's been two weeks. Because it took the last week of Christmas and the first week of January off. Quotation marks off, as if this is a fucking job. But it isn't. This is a... This is a... Hey... Can't be a job if you enjoy it. Unless it's a fucking blow job. Do you enjoy jobs? Do you like working, do you? Well, here's our job for you. Blow job. That's the old guy in the pub. The dirty fecker in the pub. I'm so lonely. How you doing? Um, how was your new year? I can't, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Please don't answer that. I, can't, I tell you every time, don't answer that. I can't hear you. New year was fine. If it's not bad, it's good. Does that make sense? Because New Year's an awful time, really, if you think about it. So much pressure. New Year's should be a house party, and if there's no house party, just stay, stay in, have some Pinot Grigio. Just chill out. It's too much pressure on New Year. My friend Tony Cantwell, comedian Tony Cantwell, says um, he hates New Year, and he's, he's actively, for the past, like, 15 years, he's tried to avoid all New Year. We would say, come on, man, come on out, we're going to go to the pub, and it's going to be, like, cool and whatever. He knows it's going to be shy. Or he knew even, because this was like, you know, over a decade ago. And he'd say, no, I'm not doing it. Eventually he would come out, obviously. Peer pressure. Peer pressure works. You can honestly get anyone to do anything if more than two people ask them to do it. It works 100%. Try it. Try it now. Pause this. Go and try it. Get whatever you... Think of something you want and then force your friends to give it to you by using your other friends to tell them to do it. That's peer pressure. Simple. Simple economics. Uh, but Tony used to hate it, um, and he was dead right. I could never understand at the time, because I'm like, come on, man, it's fucking New Year. But I was buying into New Year propaganda, of course. Come on, we need to sing sing in the New Year, sing in nonsense words. Uh, but Tony, Tony was dead right. But we had a, I had a just a normal New Year. And like I was saying, any New Year that isn't bad doesn't have to be good. But because it's not a bad New Year, then it's automatically good. Most of the years I've had, I spent in the rain, queuing up to get somewhere. When you're in there, queuing up to get a drink, absolutely not worth it. Stay in or go to a house party, which I did. I went to a house party. We went to our friend David's who lives down the road. That was nice. There you go. Nice. Christmas was nice. Didn't have to do anything. I'm fortunate enough that I don't have any family here. So I don't have to fuck off anywhere. I don't have to be like, it's fucking 12 o'clock. I better go fucking... I don't know why I'm swearing so much. You know what it's like with family. You have to go here and then go there and then there. You have to see people on Christmas Day. Like, it really fucking matters. Does it really matter, man? Ban Christmas! Anyway, I've started this weird. Uh, but I hope your New Year was good. I hope your Christmas was good. I hope you got everything you wished for. I hope Santa bought you all the things you wanted. I hope you were a good boy or a good girl or a good them. I'm inclusive. I just hope everything's okay. Is everything okay? Are you okay? Are you, am I okay? No, not me, you. You, are you okay? But yeah, it was a simple New Year. It was fine. Just, you know, a few drinks. Good people, good friends, good laughs, good drinks. Good night. Uh-huh. I remember the best New Year I ever had. Well, actually, I'll tell you the worst New Year I ever had. I woke up on New Year's Eve. <laughs> it's a good place to start, right? Woke up on New Year's Eve, and I was supposed to be going down to Brighton. With my friend Wezak, and we were going to our friend Toby, who was uh, living in Brighton, and he had some friends who were having a house party. So Wezak was like, "Come on, we'll drive down." I woke up on Brighton on Brighton Day. I woke up on New Year's Day, and honestly, God, I had the worst headache I've ever had in my entire life. I should have just said, "I'm not going. I don't feel too good." But ever the FOMO master, I uh, decided to go along. 
I spent the whole trip down trying not to be sick. We got to Toby's and I was like, I'm having the worst migraine of my life. And he was like, oh no, come on. Alex is like, come on, man, it'll be fine. You know, just have some drinks, whatever. We get to this house party and the fucking migraine is in full force. Like I couldn't look left or right without it like hurting me. It felt like someone's hit me in the head with a hammer. I basically sat in a room, a dark bedroom on my own while the rest of the entire house was having a party. And I had to listen to um, everyone enjoying themselves. And I sat there in pain, in agony. Every fucking 15 minutes, Weezat would come up because he was was enjoying... He had some party rails. He was enjoying himself so much. So he was coming up to check on me, talking absolute fucking shite. And I was like, man, look, I'm I'm having a... I would love to come and party. I just cannot do it. Like, if I move, it feels like I'm going to be sick. My head is buzzing. Like, it's fucked. So, gets to about 4 a.m. I've been there since about fucking seven in a dark room on my own on New Year's Eve. Eventually, everyone's fucking happy, if you know what I mean. That's the noise coming up. And then we go back to Toby's and I'm still got this fucking headache. And Toby's like, look, I've got some ketamine. Do you want some? And I was like, give me a bit of fucking ketamine. Like, please, give me a bit of fucking ketamine. I had a bit of ketamine. Guess what happened to my migraine? The fucker disappeared instantly. That's why they give it to horses. Gets rid of horse migraines instantly. And I was livid. I was fucking livid. So that's one of the worst New Year's I've ever fucking had. Here's the thing. If you wake up on New Year's and you don't feel well, just don't risk it. It's not worth it. New Year is the is one of the days in the year. I'd rather make more effort because it was a Tuesday than the New Year. Do you know what I mean? But the best New Year I ever had. The Millennium, man. The Millennium. I don't know if many people here are listening to this and can remember the Millennium. But it was so... Cool. It was a real zeitgeist, you know. It was like, we are fucking leaving the 20th century. We're hitting the 21st century. The, everything about the 21st century is the future. As soon as you're in the 21st century, you're in the future. Leave the 20th century behind. Two world wars, the Great Depression, polio, boy zone. Leave them in the 90s. We're in the future, baby. This is beeps and bops and voice command and touchscreen. That's where we are. But my mom was having a New Year's Eve Y2K party. That's what everyone called the New Year's Eve parties, Y2K parties. Because the Y2K bug was going to destroy everyone. So everyone thought, fuck it. Let's just get mad pissed before we die. Before the robots I don't, I don't, I don't even really understand what Y2K was. I think it was the world had gone slightly digital and everyone was scared that robots couldn't understand that after 99, it doesn't go back to zero, zero, or it technically does go to zero, zero, but they would think that the year zero, zero was like resetting time. And then they'd start like, I don't know, fucking burning all crops and not delivering food on time. I remember seeing the news report that just like a bunch of ham was ruined. But that was it. Basically, it was a fucking, it was a complete joke. There was no problem. Nothing happened. Probably. I don't know. Maybe it happened in the background. I don't know. I'm not in charge. I don't care. But my mum was having a Y2K party, right? And I was not long turned 14. So prime drinking age. You know what I mean? She was having a party. All the adults were there. Me, Luke, who lived down the road, and my cousin Jay, we were suited and booted, man. And I tell you, in the 90s, if you're a teenager in the 90s, this is how you did anything that was presented as, like, going out. So if you, would, if you were just, like, on the street, like, playing football or whatever, you just looked like a normal kid. But if you were doing anything that was even remotely a thing, like, for example, going to the cinema. Well, I remember in the 90s, you would look, you would dress smart to go to the cinema. So every kid had the same items of clothing, right? They had smart shoes. They were usually, at the time, they were a brand called Kickers. If you had Kickers, 
you were fucking, you were the bees bollocks. And the kickers came with this little key ring as well that had like a K and it, had, it was green and red. And if you had that on your pencil case or your bag, you were hot shit. You weren't cold shit. You weren't like a frozen shit out on the street. You were hot shit. You were a turd on the radiator and everyone knew it. So you had your smart shoes. You had to have your nice trousers, which at the time, jeans, I, I don't think I even owned a pair of jeans at that time. Or maybe I did. No, I didn't even own any jeans. So smart trousers was just like school trousers. That's literally what it was. And then the piece de la resistance, the Ben Sherman shirt. Let me tell you now, these shirts had to be at least two sizes too big and they had to be one solid bright color. I, I think I was wearing a bright blue Ben Sherman long sleeve shirt. Luke was wearing a green one. I think Jay was wearing an orange one. Fucking ridiculous. Oh, and at the time as well. You had to have your hair gelled. Don't mind if you had no hair, it had to be gelled. And gel came in this tub that was like see-through. And gel was two things. Translucent blue or translucent green. And it looked like alien spunk. Basically, you put your paw in like a fucking Winnie the Pooh trying to get some honey. You drag it all out in one go and you just slap it on your head. And the idea was to keep your hair as wet looking as possible forever. Wet was sexy in the 1990s. You have a look, go on YouTube, have a look at any video, any music video. Every sexy boy or girl just has wet hair all the time. So that's what you needed. Your kickers, your Ben Sherman's shirt and your wet hair and you're ready to party. I was newly turned 14. I hadn't long been 14. I was ready to fuck. <laughs> hey girl, you ever had a, you ever had a little boy dick? Huh? At that time, I don't even know if I was fucking gone through puberty yet. Do you know what I mean? I probably said a little baby, little baby pecker. My mom had all the adults over for Y2K, right? And we were kind of just left to not fuck off, but basically keep out of the way. And what we, we had this plan, right? We sent Luke in. Luke would talk to the adults in the kitchen and he would distract them. And then me and Jay would go up to the counter where all the beer and alcohol was. And we, because we had coats on, our arms in the sleeves, sorry. And then we put the sleeves like over the cans, like a kind of magic trick. And then pull them into our coat and pop our hands out. So it looked like we were, we were nicking beer, basically. We were nicking all the beer. We got absolutely hammered. It was fucking class. And it wasn't, that wasn't even the first time. I was already drinking by then. You used to go to park at the weekend and drink like three liters of cider. I couldn't even drink three liters of cider now. It would drive me insane. About 10 years ago, me, Tony, Ashley, everyone, we were going out and I was like, let's get, I'm going to get three litres of white lightning. This is what I used to drink when I was 14. I was drinking it in the living room before we went out. By the time we were ready to leave, I was breakdancing in the living room and I'd already thrown up. That's, it's like fucking rocket fuel. Uh, so I recommend it if you want to get fucked up. White lightning cider. Mwah, three litres of it. We used to get it for a quid. We, <laughs> we used to go, we used to go to a, a shop. And it was called Bill Sings because the guy who owned it was Bill Sing. He was a seat guy. He had a big turban on. They used to sell Lambrini, White Lightning, all the all that kind of cheap alcohol. And it all costs a quid. I've always looked young for my age, right? So imagine what I look like as a 14-year-old. I look like a five-year-old boy. I look like a toddler. I look like Boss Baby. If I put a suit on, I was Boss Baby. And I went in there several times and I was buying alcohol, sliding the quid over. Bill Sing did not give a fuck. Bill Singh is an absolute legend. If you're listening, Bill Singh, you're a legend. You made my teenage years the best. We also used to buy fireworks from him. And then we put the fireworks in a dog shit bin and explode them. We were, there was nothing to do. I'm from a small town. There was nothing to do. You either drink or you break something. That's all you do. So that new year was fucking class. I can remember when I was younger. I think the year was about 1997. I can remember specifically, I was playing with my Ghostbusters toys. And these were real cool Ghostbusters toys as well, right? I had this Egon where if you pushed him down slightly, 
his body would go into his legs, but his tie would shoot in, like pop up in the air, and his hair would stand up, and his mouth would do a massive like oh like scream. Fucking glass! Don't make toys like that anymore. Anyway, for some reason, I'm while I'm playing with these Ghostbusters toys. And I had Ecto-1, the car as well. And I had this proton pack that you would aim at the wall and it would project an image on the wall that you put a disc of images in and you could slide it around and change the image. Oh, it was fucking class. Anyway, you spent hours pretending I was a Ghostbuster. But I remember specifically playing with Egon and uh, Ecto-1 and I remember thinking, the year's 1997, soon it's going to be 1999. And then all of a sudden, realising... That after 1999, it's going to be the 2000. The 2000. It's going to be the 2000. And it fucking blew my mind. I couldn't understand it. It was like the first instance of like critical thinking. How like it's not going to be 1990 something forever. It suddenly occurred to me. It's going to be the year 2000 or in the future. And I never actually. I think at the time I never thought that hard before about anything. I was such a bell-end child. I basically wasn't an okay person until I was about 20. I was a fucking maniac. Hyperactive, star for attention, desperate for attention, I would say. But I remember that specifically thinking, like, that's blowing my fucking little tiny brain that it's going to be the year 2000. I actually remember the same year in 1997. God, this is like fucking talking to, like, granddad's had a beer, everyone gather around. Listen to me, kids. When I was 1997, I was a little boy, and we used to play with Ghostbusters, and it weren't no fancy Ghostbusters app like you would have on your mobile phone. We didn't even have a mobile phone. We would have to plug it into the wall, and if you wanted to go about with it, you couldn't, because it was attached to the fucking wall. It was 97, and Channel 5 was launching... (laughs) I do, I sound like a I sound like fucking Encino man, California man. Like literally frozen out of the ice, like, is it still nineteen ninety seven? Anyway, Channel Five was launching. It was a new channel in the UK. And there'd only been four channels before that. There was cable TV and there was Sky TV, but you had to be a big little a big little foot you had to be a rich prick. My dad used to get his mate to take the Simpsons from his cable or oh, his mate had Sky and then he would bring the VHS home and we'd watch the Simpsons. But Channel Five was launching and to get Channel Five by the launch day, they sent round an engineer, the Channel Five man. He came round to everyone's house, he did something behind the TV, probably did fucking nothing, you know, I wouldn't even bother doing it. He probably did nothing. But he did something behind the TV and he put a sticker on your TV or your VCR or whatever that said Channel 5 Ready or something like that. It was a little uh, rectangle black sticker that had like kind of rainbow, like a spectrum on it. So Channel 5 Ready. Uh, so he would come to your house, make sure that you could get Channel 5 because this was a fucking big deal, man. We only had four channels before that. I think at that point, I remember like BBC Two used to just turn off at night. I think it got to like 10 or 11 o'clock and the TV would just go static because there was no more channels. <laughs> And there was Channel 4 as well. Channel 4 was class, though, to be fair, because they had Euro Trash. If you were a child in the 90s, it was like the sexiest, naughtiest thing ever. Basically, what Euro Trash was, was this weird show hosted by a French man and Jean-Paul Gaultier, the designer and the fucking perfume man. It's a bit... It was very French. It was like, on today we're going to see about Marionette who paints with her pubic hair. Talking about... She's naked. They're always naked. Basically, that's why you watch it as a child, because you want to see some fucking boobs. Boobs! And she would talk in French or whatever she was from about painting with pubes, but they would dub it with, like, broad English accents. 
so it'd be like and then over dubbed over the sound would be like I love painting with my pubes I think pubes is the best texture to paint with I think I get the best kind of art from my pubes it was an adult show but at the time when you're a kid you're like this is so naughty I can't believe it I'm gonna see some boobs they used to have Lola Ferrari on who at the time I think she had like the biggest breast enhancements in the world they were just like two rock solid cement beach balls attached to her body <laughs> I used to watch that at night when my parents were, were asleep. I used to sneak downstairs, turn the TV on, put it to one volume because you still want to hear something. And I would sit an inch away from the screen. And any noise, if you're a kid and you're trying to watch porn, you develop sonar. You just hear one like movement a mile away. And then, you know, turn the TV off. She's fucking coming. But you had to be so close, so close. And it's like convincing yourself that this was sexy. It wasn't sexy. But anyway, back to the Channel 5 man. The Channel 5 man came, right? He's in the living room with my dad. I'm in the living room and I remember standing at the back of the room and the Channel 5 man had his head behind the TV. He was like on all fours behind the TV doing his Channel 5 business, like a little Channel 5 rat. I thought what I'm about to do now is going to be funny. And with no thought at all to the consequences of the future, I just whipped my little boy dick out, wiggled it. But what I didn't realize is my dad saw me in the fucking reflection of the TV. He saw me just stand there for no reason, whip my dick out at a complete stranger, like some kind of fucking child pervert, being like, yeah, you like that, don't you, mister? Yeah, It's like, I don't even know if I could get fucking erections at that point. It was like looking at a skin tag. (laughs) But anyway, my dad caught me in the reflection of the TV and I got fucking smacked. Because back in those days as well, you could hit kids. You know, they, they had it fucking right. You know what I mean? Quick smack. No one, never did anyone any harm. You know, the world was like absolutely perfect until they stopped letting you hit children. Isn't that mad? The world, there was no crime. There was no bad people. It was just perfect people who had been smacked into obedience. But yeah, I got bollock for that. But that's what I mean about no, there's, there's no, there's no critical thing. I like to think I do have some of it now. I'm, I'm always like assessing my surroundings. You know, I want to make sure what's he doing? What's that doing? Where's the best exit? Do you know what I mean? Just in case shit goes down. And I've been doing that since I was eight years old. Cause at seven years old, I forgot reflections mean people can see you. But look, I wanted to talk to you about New Year's resolutions. Aside from New Year's parties, there's a complete overpressure for New Year's resolutions. Everyone wants to know what you're doing. Everyone expects you to have a New Year's resolution. You're allowed to just say, I don't fucking have a New Year's resolution. Do you think I'm a sheep? Bad. you think I'm a fucking sheep? Okay, here's my New Year's resolution. Jump over a fucking fence. Eat some grass. I'm a sheep. Are you doing the same? So I, I googled, you know, what's the most popular resolutions? And it's completely, it's absolutely what you expect. Number one, of course, fucking exercise. Exercise. I'm going to tell you why all of these are wrong, right? Exercise. Why? What are you exercising for? Why? Exercising is the most unfun thing I can think of. It's so fucking boring. People ask why is steroids like big in the in the fucking weightlifting community or whatever. Because it means you don't have to put as much effort in. You can just lift a matchstick and then you've got arms like Schwarzenegger's thighs. Go for a walk. Whatever. Everyone should agree to look like shit because you're more comfortable. I mean, this kind of goes hand in hand, but eat healthy. What are you eating healthy for? Here's the thing that adds to exercise as well. What you're, What are you eating healthy for? We've probably got about 20 years left, lads. Come on, think about it. There's not long. We're we're not going to die of old age. Old people might die coincidentally of old age in 20 years, but everyone else is dying too soon. You know, we're going to have our skin melted off by solar tornado x-ray wind. Don't, just don't bother. Just don't eat, eat whatever the fuck you want. 
eat whatever the fuck you want and don't give a fuck. Like, obviously, don't go nuts. Don't eat, like, ten cakes a day. But if you want to eat a cake, eat a cake, son. I'll allow you. And if anyone comes up to you and says, what are you eating a cake for? Say, because Jordan says so. I'll sort the cunts out. I mean, this is, and, and this goes hand in hand as well with eat healthy, is lose weight. But again, why? We're going to enter an ice age. So, ideally, the fatter you are, the more likely you are to survive. So, so actually, gain weight is what, if you think about it, if you think about it, <laughs> If people are thinking lose weight, if you think about it, gain weight. Quit smoking. Everyone says quit smoking, right? If you sm- Obviously, you have to smoke. If you don't smoke, you should take up smoking so you can have the New Year's resolution to quit smoking. But then scrap that, put a line through it. Don't quit smoking. That's what... There's a lo- losers quit. Don't quit anything ever. Do not quit anything ever. As soon as anyone figures out that you quit something, you're a fucking beta. They know that they have you. They know that they have power over you because you'll just quit. If it's too hard for you, I'll quit. Oh, smoking's giving me cancer. I better stop. No, how about this? How about you smoke more and you give cancer cancer? What's the next one? Travel more. Travel more. I mean, that is good. Like, I've said this. I had, I had a big discussion with Tony years ago. I'm completely against tourism. I'm absolutely against tourism. Unlike those lads in Spain. Can you remember Etta? They were, like, bombing fucking trains and shit, being like, tourism, no. Or Spanish. Uh, eh, no. Eh, no. But they were against tourism. I'm completely against tourism. Tourism is the death of all culture. Tourism is essentially culture concentrated down to its smallest point that can be sold for the most money. That's how serious I'm going to get there. I would travel more if it meant I didn't have to like get there. Traveling is the worst part. We're never going to have teleportation, right? So we're stuck getting a fucking train. Have you ever got a train? People have this idea that getting a train is fancy. I think it's from watching like Poirot or whatever or Miss Marple. A train's an experience. It's sophisticated in some way. It's not. It's just a big bus in a straight line. Train people are just bus people with longer journeys. They're just scum. They're scum. They're as much scum <laughs> as bus people. Bus people are scum. And train people are scum. And I say that with love, you know what I mean? But they are scum. They are scum. No thanks. Beyond, is beyond belief. He molested him. Beyond belief. Bin Laden, like Al-Qaeda, I don't mean to sing their praises here, but if you if you got to give them credit where credit's due, you know. I'm no, I'm no terrorist sympathizer. But what they did with 9-11, they won. Every single experience after 9-11 has been more difficult because of 9-11. Like going through an airport is insane. We used to be able to drive the car up to the fucking plane and get out while it's still moving and leave the engine running and just get on a plane. You didn't even have to show your passport. That's how mental it was. Fucking Al-Qaeda come along. All of a sudden, you got to take your shoes off. What the fuck? I'm not glorifying what they did. But it might be one of the only like successful terrorist plots ever it completely worked and it ruined america america was the coolest thing even in the year 2000 america cool that was the dream everyone wanted to go to america you want to see it you want to live it you want to fucking eat hamburger get diabetes fire a gun and then 9-11 happened america lost its mind with patriotism which is completely understandable and everyone was like you know what you're kind of a bit ott here lads you need to rein it in a million dead afghans later you're at the bottom lads no offense no offense to American individuals, no offense to the Yankee Doodle dickheads, but you're <laughs> you're you're standing within the world coolness factor that you've dropped, and it's no one's fault except Bin Laden because he won. He won. You have to admit he won. <laughs> but they're the most popular New Year's resolutions, and I think you'll agree with me. They're fucking shit. They're crap. Everyone does that crap. Think outside the box, right? We ain't gonna live that much longer. The planet is rejecting us. It's going to boil us alive before it drowns us and then sets us on fire. 
You know I mean, we are, we're fucked. The earth is rejecting us, right? So we, I'd say we have about 20, 30 years before it's doggy dog, doggy dog, doggy dog, New Year's resolutions. The first one, this is just for fun. You've got to, you've got to go in with fun, right? Break a record. And what that means is do something better than someone else has done it. I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. In the 90s, there was this TV show called Record Breakers, right? And it was hosted by Frank Castle. Frank Castle? No, wait, Frank Castle. Roy Castle. Frank Castle was the Punisher. Roy Castle, he was a presenter. Later on, he would go on to get cancer and die. But anyway, it was called Record Breakers. And people would come on and be like, tonight, Roy, I'm going to break the record of eating corn with a toothpick. And he'd be like, all right, fucking brilliant, mate. Go for it. And then some lad in a weird suit would come out with a certificate and be like, you did it. And he'd be like, great, I did it. And then he's in the Guinness Book of Records. It's not just a drink. It's also a book. So break the records. Think of something that no one's done. Throw a fish further than anyone's ever thrown a fish. Just do something weird better than everyone else. You don't even have to go through Guinness. I don't know how they've got the official rankings on it, the pissheads. Just say that you're the one who's done it. Like, eat a can of beans the fastest. I don't know why they're corn or bean-based, but right now, it's the only thing I can think of. I remember seeing someone eat corn with a toothpick on record breakers. And they always used to do things with beans. You, you can search this as well. Bathtub full of beans. That was huge in the 90s. Just any excuse to sit in a bathtub full of beans. People went mad for it. I'm sitting in a bathtub full of beans for charity. I'm sitting in a bathtub full of beans because I'm kooky. I'm sitting in a bathtub full of beans because I'm trying to break the record for the amount of beans that you can sit in. I don't know, but people were mad for bathtubs full of beans. Break a fucking record. Just go for it. Why not? Number two, eat a weird animal. Western world, we have our standards. We have pork, lamb, goose. <laughs> you boy. <laughs> Fetch me a goose. The one as big as me, sir. What? I don't... What? That, I, you want me to get a free goose? That would be really expensive. No, just get quite a large goose, please, you fucking orphan. All right, Stan, I'll do it now. And again, this goes back to the, the earth rejecting us, right? It's spitting us out. Get the fuck off us. Say, surf. All the... There's going to be 95% of all life is going to be extinct. So get in there now. Eat a fucking platypus. Just do it. Just eat it. What's the fucking point? It's not going to matter. Everything's going to be gone. Eat a weird animal. Eat a gerbil. A gerbil might be nice. It might be like a like a kind of fat chicken wing. Try it. Why not? I'm not going to stop you. The next one. <laughs> the next one I, I have, right, for this brand new list of New Year's resolutions for cool kids is dig a massive hole. Just dig a massive hole. There's something really therapeutic in just digging a big hole. Dig a big hole, dig it as big as possible, and while you do it, all you have to do is focus on digging the hole, and you can sort out any problem in your entire life. And people will come to you and say, why are you digging a hole? Don't tell them. Just refuse to tell them. And then they'll ask more people, why is he digging a hole? And then it'll be a whole big thing. And then you'll be a big thing. You'll be the hole digger, and you'll be fucking famous. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. You're an influencer now. Walker's Chris will send you your free promotions. Hashtag ad. All thanks to me, because you dug a fucking hole. This one, I think, is the most important. Fight have a fight have a physical fight i think it's really important for everyone to have a physical fight do you ever meet someone who's such a bell end you can tell they've never been in a fight before they've never faced consequences of their actions you can tell they've never been slapped but i think everyone should have a fight because you learn very quickly and very easily it doesn't really hurt fighting doesn't really hurt you get over it and it feels fucking class man Fighting feels class, like it's it's completely animalistic it's that part of your brain that you don't access so much pure survival instinct have a fight. Obviously, don't kill anyone. And if you do, don't get caught. Try not to. But if you end up doing it accidentally, just don't get caught. I don't advocate for violence, but 
the world, the future that's coming, the currency is violence. It's going to be violence. The most violent, the most fucking mental, the most sick and twisted individual is going to be the most powerful because currency is going to be gone, society is going to be collapsed, and the only language and currency there is is going to be violence. So get used to it now and realize that it's not a big deal. Sometimes you get a little slap, you get over it. And the last one, again, another therapeutic thing. Just smash some stuff. Break something. Break something for the sake of breaking it. One, you realize that materialistic things aren't really important. You might be sad for a little while that you don't have anything, but it doesn't matter. The memories are good enough and things are supposed to be used. Just fucking smash something. When we were kids, we used to throw stones through bus stops for no reason. Again, we were bored. We, I, I was a fucking scally when I was a kid, I tell you. There was nothing else to do. I lived in a very small town. Honestly, even it, like, say, say for example, you have a TV and the TV breaks or you have a TV and you don't want it anymore. Take it out the back. Throw a fucking brick through it. Kick its fucking TV head in. I promise you, it's so therapeutic. And then throw it in the hole that you've dug. It, full circle, baby. Dig a hole, throw the shit in, you smash. I think I've just realized now that all my New Year's resolutions for people are just crime. Do crime. And you should do crime. Push yourself outside of the boundaries of law. Law is a made-up construct. It's, con- it's constructed by the most powerful of society. How can drugs be illegal in one country, but perfectly legal in another? Who has it right? Who has it wrong? It goes to show it's completely made up. You're told by the government. You're told by the powers that be that this is morality because these are the laws. And if you don't follow them step by step, you're going to prison and you're fucked. That's the case if you're poor. It's not the case if you're rich. So do some crime. Step out of it. Next time you're in Tesco, why don't you put a Mars bar in your pocket? <laughs> do it and i'll tell you a secret with supermarkets right you can usually steal stuff like one or two times on on the first couple of visits because to not get you straight away they want you to be a repeat offender so then they can really get you you know they can really throw the book at you so you can get away with a few sneaky fucking mars bars up the sleeves you know what i mean on your first go so try it do some crime look nisha said that um, morality is just a fiction used by the uh, herd of inferior human beings to hold back the few superior men. What he meant there is, I think he's into fascism. I'm not advocating for fascism. That's such a fascist quote, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Morality is just a fiction used by the herd of inferior human beings to hold back the few superior men. Really does sound like he's advocating for, like, genocide. So you know what? Scrap that. Nisha, you're a fucking spanner. I've got something for you to think about. Think about not being a fucking spider, mate. Do crimes. Do some crimes. Just do some little crimes. You know what I mean, write, write on something you're not supposed to write on. Do it. Have an experience. Enjoy yourself. Do crime. The whole point of this is that I just, I just want you to have some experiences before the world ends. And I don't want you to think when you're looking out your window and the horizon's on fire, I don't want you to think, Jesus Christ, I just lived a normal life like I was told. And what was the fucking point? It all came to this. Spend your money, eat a weird animal, smash some things, steal some things and fight some people. You'll never get a chance to do it again. You can't fucking do it when you're dead. The first 2023 podcast is just absolute utter shit. But I do have a a genuine resolution for myself because all the things I've said to you, I've done myself anyway. So I recommend them. My genuine resolution this year is to try. I want to put effort into doing anything, anything. I don't put effort into anything. I've been, I'm going to sound like an absolute twat here, right? But I've been cursed with being good at most things where to the point where I don't have to try to get away with it. So in school, I didn't study in school. I didn't do homework. 
But I passed all my exams very well, got very good grades, very easy for me to do, as long as I don't get so bored that I stop doing it. My New Year's resolution as a 36-year-old middle-aged man, I'm fucking middle-aged man. We've had this discussion, I'm exactly middle-aged. It's just try, just put some effort. And that includes in this podcast as well, because it's very difficult to talk absolute shite for half an hour and especially think that it's interesting. But my New Year's resolution is to try, and let me tell you people, you're going to see this name in lights. In one year's time, you're going to see Jordan Daniel in lights, Mr. Ford fucking trier the guy tried there's one thing you can say about me he tried and that includes with my stand-up as well because i was doing stand-up before the pandemic after the pandemic i never got quite got back into it i was still in that kind of like uh, house stage of the pandemic where the habit of being stuck inside for two and a half years was kind of still lingering around but in october i did tony's uh, podcast in cork with uh, killian sunderman it was a great podcast but we did a bit of stand-up beforehand and i absolutely fucking biffed it completely biffed it I, Tony asked me to shorten the set, which I did, and then I had to rearrange some stuff. Then when I came to say it, I just forgot a massive part of it, just completely forgot. So it came to the end of the set, and I was like, in my head, I was like, this doesn't feel like it should be the end of the set. But I couldn't remember what I wasn't saying, so I just like, I'm going to end it there. It was fucking, I biffed it. Tony and Tony and Killian were lovely. They They said it weren't as bad as I kind of imagined it was. You know, it was a large room. People were laughing, but, you know, you could hear any, any individual laugh. It was a difficult room, but I completely biffed it. And to be honest, the standard wasn't fucking good enough anyway. I wasn't saying anything. I was just saying things, just saying things which I thought were funny. It's fucking useless. So I've been working for the past few weeks on new stand-up. Um, and that's, that's again, leading to me 2023. I'm going to try, going to get back into stand-up. I'm also like, I have a weird goal. I want to be, <laughs> I want to be in a shakes experience play that's it there's nothing really funny there i just want to be in a play i want to i want to do that so i'm going to try and do that so coming this year the boy who tries by william shakespeare but as usual you know thank you for listening i do appreciate you know and if you are interested in maybe talking to me have a little conversation with me or whatever or send me funny things find me on instagram at jordan ordinary and if you're around dublin and ireland ever you'll see me doing stand-up i i wish you a blessed 2023 and I hope that all your dreams come true. And I want you to remember, do crime. Bye. Bye.